0: I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, we often turn to movies and TV for an escape from the real world. But it seems there's no escape from the coronavirus. We will tell you the latest movies that have been delayed
1: due to the global pandemic. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. I went to see a movie this week. I'll review Ben Affleck's The Way Back. And I'll tell you about an awesome new show on FX. It's called Devs. Plus... When it comes to Netflix, I
0: really hate when they do not include recaps from the previous season. I will tell you why. Let's get started. I don't know why you came all the way up here. There's nothing left. survive. We have to try. A Quiet Place 2 was set to be released on March 20th. I was actually going to go out and buy tickets after we finished recording this today. No. We were recording this on Thursday, March 12th. And I was going to go buy tickets for Ma- the Saturday night, March 21st. Well, guess what? It's not opening on March 20th anymore. It has been delayed due to the coronavirus. First, A Quiet Place came out in 2018, set in a world overrun with monsters who hunt by sound. So those who wish to survive... Have to be quiet, even if they've got a baby in tow. It starred real-life wife and husband Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, who also directed and co-wrote the film, finished with a 95% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, made $340 million worldwide off a $17 million budget. And it was fun. I loved it keep meaning to watch it again it is on netflix now it seems if i want to get my quiet place fixed, i will have to thursday morning director john krasinski made the announcement saying quote one of the things i'm most proud of is that people have said our movie is one you have to see all together well due to the ever-changing circumstances of what's going on in the world around us now is clearly not the right time to do that As insanely excited as we are for all of you to see this movie, I'm going to wait to release the film till we can see it all together. So here's to our group movie date. See you soon. And now part two picks up directly after the events of the first film. I'm just reading from Entertainment Weekly here, EW.com. Though Krasinski's Lee Abbott makes an appearance during the film's opening scene, a flashback to the first day of the monsters came to town. The sequel follows Evelyn, played by Emily Blunt, and her kids as they venture out beyond their destroyed home and meet a mysterious Serious Man, played by Killian Murphy. Now, early reports this week indicated the international release of the film had been delayed as more cases of coronavirus continue to spread in Europe. And now this is a quote from Paramount. After much consideration and in light of the ongoing and developing situation concerning coronavirus and restrictions on global travel and public gatherings, Paramount Pictures will be moving the worldwide release of A Quiet Place Part 2. We believe in and support the theatrical experience, and we look forward to bringing this film to audiences this year once we have a better understanding of the impact of this pandemic on the global theatrical marketplace. And this really sucks, too, because I've been super excited. and
1: Yeah, good reviews. Yeah,
0: like it, with sequels, especially
1: for scary movies. Often don't do so well, but. There's this one here that we've printed out that I love. It says, A Quiet Place Part 2 is not at all what I expected, and that's a great thing. Writes Bloody Disgusting's Megan Navarro, <laughs> <laughs> which I assumed is a horror movie website or something like that or magazine. Bloody oh, I, Disgusting. I, yeah, I great to, website. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, another review says, A Quiet Place Part 2 is tension, the movie. I have a stomach ache now from how tense this movie is. Also, this turned out to be a surprisingly great Killian. Murphy movie. That is uh, from a guy named Mike Ryan. Another reviewer, Eric Davis, says, damn, A Quiet Place Part 2 rocks! Honestly, just as tense and terrifying as the first one. There are some sequences in this film that are a master class in suspense. Bravo, John Krasinski. So good. So emotional, too. So that has me pumped that the sequel stuck the landing. Makes me happy for John Krasinski. Makes me happy for Emily Blunt. But now who knows how long we're going to wait to see it. And, I mean, this news follows the fact that you know, the James Bond movie yep. No Time to Die, in case you need a reminder of what that sounds like
1: James Bond
0: License to kill I could be speaking to my own reflection Come on Bond, where the hell are you? When you're ready You're late no time to die was supposed to open this spring but a couple of weeks ago it got pushed back to november and in particular that has almost uh, that's has to do with china right
1: Yeah, that has to do with China. Like, China, I guess, well, there's so many people there, and they go to the movies, and Bond is a very international film franchise and does well in China, so they definitely want the Chinese dollars for that. Uh, It's sometimes, like with other movies, they'll open in one part of the world at one time, and then a month later, someone else, so I don't know why they couldn't open it, say, in North America now, and then in China a few months later, if that's what the thing... That's when they... That's what I thought when they originally postponed it. Now that the coronavirus cases are catching up all over the world, I guess it makes more sense and it was a prudent move for them in the first place to do a just a blanket pushback.
0: So A Quiet Place 2, that was set to open on March 20th. And then as I was writing up yep. this piece on A Quiet Place 2, you
1: lean over and, My and, pl- and dis- <laughs> disdain and dismay. My plans have changed as Fast 9 has pushed back its theatrical release a year. If we do this, we risk everything. Fast and Furious 9, Universal Studios, the company behind the franchise, made that decision because of course of the impact of the coronavirus is having around. Theaters are closed in Italy, South Korea, and China. So, And the Fast franchise is also like Bond. It's a global thing. And it's, it was supposed to open in uh, May, I believe, and now it's coming April 2021, they said. Vin Diesel making the announcement on social media. He says, quote, we feel all the lo- well, sorry. Quote, We feel all the love and the the anticipation you have for the next chapter in our saga. That's why it's especially tough to let you know we have to move the release date of the film It's become clear it won't be possible for all our fans around the world to see the film this May. So again, Fast and Furious 9 going back to April
0: 2021. Yeah, so as of this moment, the two big movies that have been delayed are Quiet Place 2 and Fast and Furious 9 or F9 if you prefer. Who knows how many more movies might get delayed over the weekend because this was this was a crazy week like yeah. tom hanks and his wife rita wilson isolated in stable condition in an australian hospital after contracting the new coronavirus we learned this week that wheel of fortune and jeopardy proceeding without studio audience audiences the south by southwest uh, film festival in texas was outright canceled. Uh, late night shows featuring Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, Seth Meyers, Trevor Noah, and Samantha B. will not have studio audiences, while HBO's John Oliver will start uh, with his show as well on Sunday night. So it's a lot of this stuff. is
1: crazy. Saturday Night Live, well, again, we're doing this on Thursday, so who knows what Saturday Night Live will say by Saturday, right? Um, yeah, it's weird, and it sort of makes you wonder if a bunch more movies do this, What's going to be at the theaters or will they close the theaters or I sort of hope that you know how they do like that they'll just start showing old classic movies for cheap or something like that. Yeah. Well, it's just me in the back of my head. It's like, well, if I can't go see Fast 9... Uh, run the first eight fasts over a weekend for five bucks a pop, and I'll go see every one of them. I, that,
0: that would be great because I yeah. do want to. It's been a while since I've been to a movie, but it also begs the question if they're not going to release movies over coronavirus fears, then why keep the movie theater open at all?
1: Yeah, but maybe they can do it like, well, if 10 people show up and we charge them five bucks and it costs us nothing to show, you know. A, an old movie a classic movie then maybe it does make sense to some degree or whatever They'd, so who knows it's there's a lot of unknowns going forward time will tell
0: yeah like cineplex has that uh that classic, classic film film fest, film fest. Yeah. uh they used to call it the the digital film fest and now it's just sort of their their classic film series and and i went to see the matrix a couple of years ago and there were five people in the theater, including me and the three people I went with. (laughs) So even when they do show these old movies and make a big
1: deal out of it, people don't typically go. Well, with all the streaming options and stuff now, a lot of the movies are so much easier to find at home. Like I was trying to convince friends and I got a couple of people to go to the Hanks Fest last year at Cineplex and I was like, oh, can we go watch A League of Their Own on the big screen? It's only five bucks and they're like, but it's on TV all the time. I was like, "Yeah, but it's something to do." Nice, and nice out. We can eat
0: popcorn. Oh, is what they call it, the flashback film series, I think. And they even we and we made a big deal about it. Lord of the Rings. The
1: common tongue. It says one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness. Yes. They released Lord of the Rings. Did you go see any of them? No. I did not either. I did see Monty Python and the Holy Grail two years ago, at a thing like that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and that one actually had quite a few people in it. Oh,
0: good. But that's Monty Python. Yeah, I did recently watch Lord of the Rings, by the way, on (laughs) uh, Blu-ray. Finally got through all three. It took me two nights to, to watch Return of the King because I fell asleep halfway through when it was time to switch the disc. I never oh. made, I never ended up getting up off the couch.
1: <laughs> so I had to finish watching That's it. a new form of lazy.
0: <laughs> well, I, I- was determined, but it was a Friday night, it was oh, the end of the week. Maybe it's, it's a four-and-a-half-hour movie! Maybe it's
1: on Netflix, I can just click on it, I don't have to get under the, off the couch.
0: It is, but they only have the theatrical <laughs> version. And actually, I, I- I was- Just a sidebar on Return of the King, I was trying to remember the difference between when the Rohirrim, when Rohan arrives in Gondor, because it's a completely different cut. So I actually went to Netflix just to see if they had Return of the King. Sure enough, they did, and I just wanted to see how different it was because they do make they changed the order of operations of a couple of things. It had been just so long since I'd seen the theatrical version. Like I guess it's been almost
1: twenty years. I have the theatrical versions of all three. I think I've and I only ever watched them in that period between when they were released on DVD, but before the special editions came out. So the movie comes out in December. That first b- batch of DVDs, probably April or May. Yep. And then the next November, I think the special editions have come out, right? Yep. So I had like the six months there where I would watch the theatrical release probably a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I've never gone back to them since the extendeds came out. Yeah, yeah, why would you?
0: But uh, I I might actually revisit them now that I see them on Netflix because I'm just curious to see what the differences are. Anyway, sorry, complete (laughs) sidetrack. So a bunch of movies getting delayed. Who knows how many more are going to be delayed. Coming up next, we'll tell you what is coming to home video and a big show making its return to HBO. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes.
1: Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Taking a look now on what's coming to home video. What
0: we've done... All this time. What are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one
1: last look, sir, at my friends. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi.
0: Your destiny.
1: We're all in this. <laughs> Till the end. Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker coming to <laughs> Digital HD on Tuesday, March 12th, as you may have surmised by that. Um, what do you think of Star Wars Rise of Skywalker?
0: I, I never ended up going back to see it again. I always... I intended to go see it yeah. a second time because the visuals were astonishing, but the story just kind of left me underwhelmed. Yep, yeah, ditto.
1: And I was... I was uh rolling on what we just heard there. I was watching the, that clip on YouTube and even and watching it, I was just like, I don't even remember what happened. <laughs> like that movie just escaped my brain so fast and when did that come out, Christmas time? Yeah. Yeah. So it's been two and a half months and I can't remember it. But there you go. Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, Digital H D on Tuesday, as is Cats. Oh boy. Yikes. let you to watch better. that? Not for renting like that, maybe okay. once it's on TV, yeah. if, but why would anyone ever put it on TV? And on Blu-ray DVD, Tuesday, March 12th, Jumanji, The Next Level, that I want to watch, Yes. and uh, Clint Eastwood's movie Richard Jewell, which I did watch, and um, has a couple of problems, but is by and large a really good movie. Okay, so a couple of sort of
0: decent options available yeah. for home video this upcoming week. And then what's coming to HBO?
1: Oh, it's one of HBO's biggest shows returning this weekend, Westworld. You and I are a lot alike. They put you in a cage, decided what your life would be. They did the same thing to me. You've been watching me. Not me, but someone. Something has. Who is And we're going after. This will be season three of Westworld. It's based on the Michael Crichton book from the 70s, at least the first season was, uh, in which theme park robots become sentient and turn on their human masters. Think Itchy and Scratchy Land from The Simpsons. Where nothing could uh, possibly go wrong. (laughs) Exactly. That was the tagline on the poster of the movie that was originally made from that book in the 70s. Nothing could possibly go wrong. And it's spilling off the edge of the of the poster too. Oh, nice. That's yeah, cool poster. Now, the TV show, three seasons deep. Uh, the uprising has occurred, and some of the robots, most notably, Evan Rachel Woods' Dolores and Tandy Newton's Maeve are in the real world now. As we heard in the clip, Dolores meets Aaron Paul. New to the cast, we don't know what his role will be. Ed Harris is a bad guy of sorts. He's in the trailer, so I guess he's back this year. And Jeffrey Wright returns as the enigmatic Bernard. Frankly, I don't know what any of this will be. It's been well over a year. It's been almost two years since this show was last on, and I'm, I'm not entirely convinced I could follow it all together when it was on. They <laughs> screw around with timelines a lot, which is actually pretty clever because the robots don't age, so they could get a, pull some tricks on you. But yeah, season two wrapped up. I looked it up. June 24th, 2018. Oh, man. Uh, And I've not thought about the show since, so I'm definitely going to have to watch uh, or read a recap before the season three premiere on Sunday night. Even though it can be confusing, and I don't much care what happens to anyone involved, I still really like the concept of the show and how well it's made, so I keep coming back.
0: Yeah, season one, I loved, just loved season one. Season two, I enjoyed it, but it... Wasn't I didn't find it to be as good. Like, it was still good. It just wasn't great yeah. for me. And I did, the the way that it ended kind of left me with a sour taste in my mouth. I don't know. Maybe it's just because that first season was so ambitious and it was so unique and it was like nothing i would ever seen. Yeah. And, and then by season two, I now had expectations. Right. Because I didn't know what I was getting into with season one. I wasn't even actually going to watch it. <laughs> but I think you were watching it and you were ranting about how good it was. So I finally committed Take to, your word for to it. testing it out. <laughs> Recollection of it.
1: <laughs> you're not
0: getting. You're not that old, Braun, that you can't remember that. But I, I will give this a shot, especially now that they're in the real world. So I'm curious to see how the robots interact with people in the real world. And Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul makes anything he touches better. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, so Westworld back on HBO Sunday night. Okay, coming up in a moment, Jeff reviews the new Ben Affleck movie. And he's going to tell you about a great show on FX. Or at least it's great according to him. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes.
1: Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett, and I did go to the movies this week. I saw Ben Affleck in The Way Back. What's going on with you? What's new? Not much. I hate
0: the idea of you down there by yourself all the time, just drinking.
1: I'm fine. I appreciate it. But it's, I'm fine. I don't know
0: how you So, how are you liking coaching so far? Great. Just getting used to the players. What players? heard you're coaching basketball? Yeah. Keeps me busy. Keeps my mind off other things, you know. Well, I know about it, I've been here. Keep pressing, trapping, taking charges. Hey, you, follow you guys earned this tonight. Zogity,
1: The Way Back, starring Ben Affleck, co-starring Al Madrigal, who's a very funny guy. He was on The Daily Show for a while. Uh, He plays the assistant coach, Michaela Watkins, a very funny lady, plays Affleck's sister. John Aylward stars as the priest. And the movie, of course, stars a bunch of kids because it's about a high school basketball team and their coach, who's Ben Affleck, of course. And it's really mostly about the coach, though. His name is Jack Cunningham. He's a divorced construction worker who drinks too much. Shades of Chucky from Goodwill Hunting, but it's not in Boston. I think it's in Miami I don't know for sure I don't think they said it Uh, I think if you know the high schools you'd could figure out where it was, but how would I know? Uh, they do show the ocean and a lot of palm trees, so it's uh, probably Florida. I guess it could also be California. Now, Jack was a high school basketball phenom back in the 90s, but he hasn't touched the ball since then, foregoing a full college scholarship. The movie opens with his daily routine, which is mostly drinking, including morning shower beers, so you know it's a very serious problem. He gets in a fight with his sister about it at Thanksgiving, and then he gets a call from Father Divine from his old Catholic high school. The basketball coach there had a heart attack, and they want Jack to come coach the team. We need a new coach, Jack. You're the first person I thought of. Is the team any good? No. <laughs> In fact, the last time they made the playoffs, back when you were playing. First, uh, he balks at the offer, but does take the gig after all and gets to work with the ragtag team of misfits. What follows is pretty standard sports movie stuff. The team sucks. They have a few players with attitude problems. The coach whips them into shape mentally and physically. While it is pretty standard, it is very well done. I thought it was stirring and inspirational, which is always a goal of sports movies. There is, of course, a big game near the end, not at the end, which is a different bit of structuring, but it's good stuff. There's a, a running joke about how much Jack swears while he's coaching. I don't think I've seen a sports movie involving a school team that has this much cursing in it. A lot of the humor in the movie derived from that, which is a good thing because the story of Jack's personal life is a bummer. There is nothing funny about his alcoholism and the factors that may be led to it and certainly exacerbate it. It hits hard, and while it is not hopelessly bleak, it also doesn't play some Hollywood game where All he needs is a hug or to win a basketball game to conquer his addiction, which is good. That sort of thing may have flown in the past, but we're beyond simplistic portrayals of serious issues at this point, and The Way Back does not shy away from it. But again, it doesn't mire itself in misery. It's a pretty impressive bit of filmmaking, actually, to have the two stories running alongside each other and not have one bulldoze the other out of the movie. The only real knock, I thought, was that... It does feel like some of the players on the team are short shrift. We really only get one and a half proper characters out of the 10 person team and maybe three other single dimension characters. The focus is Jack, of course, but it would have been nice to have more of the kids. So the personal drama portion is very effective. The sports portion has some good game action, some good montages and big game finale, and only a little light on some of the character stuff that does not involve Affleck. And Affleck though is tremendous. He can be such a good actor and I think maybe more than anyone else like Nick Cage or whatever, it bums me out the most that Affleck didn't have a steady, solid career all the way through because he could have cranked out so many more great performances over the years. Of course, we now know it wasn't all because of his bad movie choices, and most importantly, he's not done yet. He has a lot of open road ahead of him, and you would consider a trip to the theater to see The Way Back, Money Well Spent, three and a half couch cushions out of five.
0: That is a solid recommendation. Yeah, You've yeah. made me want to see that movie even more than I already did there you go. want to see it. I'm just thinking of some of the great movies he's, he's been in in recent years. There
1: was The, the Town... That he also directed. That's a great movie. That's a good heist movie. Yeah. Argo yep. was great. Uh, Gone Girl. I watched that uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah. So when you think about the movie, the good movies that he's done, yeah. he has done some great work. So it's good to see him he had on that, the way back. He had that dip in the J-Lo years, right? With yeah. With Reindeer Games and uh, Paycheck Gilly. and
1: Sheely and stuff like yeah. that. So Yeah.
0: Alright, so three and a half couch cushions out of five for the way back, that's at the movie theater now it's
1: on your TV. Yeah, watch a new show on FX this week, it's called Devs. Born Moscow MIT then a failed startup
0: and then here So tell me about Devs Does it take genius? It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen
1: (gasps) I'm scared Of what? us devs devs is on fx in canada in the u.s it's on it's called fx on hulu which i gather is an fx channel on the hulu streaming i don't know we can't get hulu yet so it seems like they're an episode ahead on that streaming service as well i've watched the first episode the second aired this past thursday evening the they were recording this. And I recommend finding a way to get caught up if you can, because it's an intriguing show. It's from Alex Garland. He has made a name as a screenwriter and director for some funky stuff, things like uh, the movie Ex Machina and Annihilation. He wrote and directed those. He also wrote the Dread movie reboot from 2012. Yeah, I love that movie. There you go. Just watched it a few weeks back. God, (laughs) I love that movie. He also wrote the movie Sunshine and 28 Days Later. He also wrote the novel The Beach, which was made into a so, uh... Leonardo DiCaprio movie back in the late 90s I guess it was. So he writes some weird crazy things and now he's made this TV show Devs. I tuned in because I heard some other critics saying good things about it and frankly the name made me curious because it's not a real word is it? Outside of that I didn't have a hot clue what the show was about or who was in it and to my delight one of the stars is Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec real name Nick Offerman. He plays Forrest a man who owns and runs an artificial intelligence company called Amaya. I think it's in California Hey, I always shows the movies will just say where they are. <laughs> I don't care how clunky it is. Just open with someone standing outside saying, "Wow, what a beautiful sunny day we're having here in San Francisco." <laughs> how hard would that be? Like just like looking at bridges, trying to figure out is that the Golden Gate Bridge? <laughs> Anyways. He owns this tech company. It's very advanced, enough so that I'm not sure if it's either set in current day or maybe it's into the future a bit already. Again, first episode, so lots of stuff to try to grab onto. Uh, And I don't want to spoil any of the surprises, uh, even though so much sort of changes between the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes of the pilot. Suffice to say, the show focuses on this young couple who work at Amaya, one of whom is invited to work in the secretive devs division. There's also a death, and we as the viewers have more information than one of the main characters so while they set out to sort of solve a mystery we know a large part of the answer they seek but we certainly are not privy to all the secrets of devs the set design is gorgeous and funky and amazing again not sure if it's just a great modern set designing or if it's supposed to be in the future or something like that the only thing i really had a gripe about was the music there is a shrill piercing score at times that really got on my nerves but with the TV show, you know, there's always the mute button. So it, it is early going yet, but I'm definitely going to keep watching devs for a while, see what happens.
0: All right. On uh, FX. On FX. There it is. I I don't... FX shows frustrate me. I don't know that they're actually available on demand. At least uh, I, no, so, I have yeah. Shaw cable, and for whatever reason, FX shows
1: often are not available. So if you miss it first time, then you're done. Oh, yeah. I wasn't sure. I don't know if some other... Oh, yeah. I could look it up. We'll get back to you maybe next week if we can find out
0: answers on that. Up next, I'm going to tell you why I'm getting really mad at Netflix when they don't offer recaps. And we'll have a quick recap of this week's excellent episode of Survivor, Winners at War. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes.
1: Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. I was talking about the show on FX Devs in the last segment, and I was talking about how to get caught up. I guess FX Canada does have an app you can download and watch shows on there, so you can get it. It's also uh, available on iTunes. Okay.
0: That's if you want to pay for it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. This week, I watched season three of a show I really like on Netflix, and I'm here to once again offer it as a suggestion, but it also is going to come with a bit of a rant. Oh yeah, it's from Turkey. Hey, I like watching (laughs) foreign shows. I enjoy watching shows from different lands because of, you know, just the, the sweeping landscapes that you're not used to seeing because this one is set in Istanbul. We recently watched that Ragnarok show, which is set in Norway. Trapped? Trapped in Iceland, so and it's cool being exposed to the different cultures and just seeing the 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 way that they act is differently. Like in in this in particular, they scream and yell a lot. Like they are just super intense, <laughs> and uh, so it's fun. But the protector. The The basic gist of this is this, this young guy who works in, like, a grand bazaar kind of shop. He's just a young sort of ladies' man, likes to go out and party with his buddies. Well, he learns that he's descended from this family of protectors who are there to save and protect Istanbul from the immortals. And he has bestowed a, a shirt. It's like a... a a magic shirt that essentially makes him invincible. So he's kind of like a superhero almost and he has this dagger that he has to use to hunt down the immortals and kill them. It might sound ridiculous, but it's, like I said, it's fun. It's just <laughs> a fun, silly little show but it's intense and I loved that first season came out in December of 2018 and season 2 came out very quickly in April of 2019 so I didn't have a whole lot of time in between where I would forget stuff by the way you can watch The Protector with English dubs if you prefer that was its default setting in the first episode of season 1 I disabled that immediately I just can't stand dubbed stuff anymore but Season 3, now coming out in March 2020. There were way too many details I simply could not remember. And there was no recap whatsoever. And I'm sure that there were even points... This ep- This season was only 7 episodes. The first two were 10 each. And I'm pretty sure that they edited it to the point where they even left out details in this season. Like, there were things that happened I thought, I don't remember... I can't connect these dots. Like, I don't remember that happening. So that kind of bugs me. But I will say that this season was much stronger than season two. I think they rushed season two to just get it turned around immediately. Um, And I once read that some Turkish TV shows, they, they'll their seasons will be super long, and they'll have like umpteen seasons. It's un it's like the opposite of British TV. Oh, they'll really? Have like two seasons and a Christmas special, and they have like three episodes or six episodes each season. Turkish TV can go on forever.
1: Like they renew your show, and it's like, well, I'm good till retirement. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm just pulling up the protector to double to verify how many episodes. Season one had ten. Season two. Had come on, come on, Netflix season two had eight, so this one only had seven. Season 2, I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't as good as the first season. Season 3, much better. Look, it's thrilling, it's got drama, it's got comedy, it's got romance. See, uh, this season 2, like the second episode was a particularly beautiful and touching episode, and then season 3 felt more like an Ocean's Eleven kind of caper. Oh, yeah. So there's all kinds of different ways they tell their stories. I think it's worth checking out. If you want something different, you're looking for something different, especially if they start delaying all the new movies and you run out of stuff to watch, check out
1: The Protector. North American Netflix needs to step up its game. Like, it's bad that all our favorite Netflix shows are from around the world, right?
0: That's true. Isn't it weird? Oh, there's another show that I still need to watch season two of Dark. That one is from Germany. And now we have a couple of minutes to talk about Survivor. Next time on Survivor, the Wicked Witch is dead, and we can do whatever we want now. (laughs)
1: doing something sneaky and hilarious.
0: Both of the losing tribes will vote somebody out of this game. I'm in oh, my God. Fire. <laughs> your fire tokens to any player still in the game. Grab your torch and head to extinction. All right, poverty. Make a run out. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Rob got voted <laughs> out. <laughs> Look, I I don't. I think if you are watching Survivor Winners at War, up you have already watched it because yeah. this is appointment viewing. I actually watched it
1: live on TV. Yeah. I don't do that for anything. I was maybe 15 minutes behind just because I was watching devs first. Yep. But yeah, all season long, it's like, nope, I'm getting on that before I go to bed tonight. Absolutely. And I knew it was going to be Rob going home. I can't remember what he said. He said something in like about twenty minutes before the end of the show. I was like, "Oh, this uh, Rob's going home tonight." Because yeah. it was just one of these like, "I better start. They better. I'm not going to under, underestimate these kids anymore." Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "Oh, he's gone."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The big, the mighty Boston Rob is gone. But good for them for recognizing the threat that oh. Rob is now. Hopefully, the others. Make the same conclusion with Sandra because if Sandra makes her way to the end, Sandra, who has won Survivor
1: twice and has sat out almost every single challenge this season,
0: yeah, j- get rid of her. I, she, if that team loses, she should be the automatic <laughs> your target no matter what is happening, no matter what drama is going on in that tribe. Yeah, when they if they lose and go to a
1: tribal council, she has got to go. But another excellent episode, yeah, and about th- half an hour into every episode, I keep thinking. Like as soon as the challenge is done, it's like God. I don't want anybody to get kicked out. Yeah. I mean, I'm not hoping everybody wins, but I'm also I'm not rooting against anybody. I like every single one of these players. They've all to some degree proven that you know they're worthy of being there, quote unquote, worthy of being there. But uh, and this this week I was impressed with Sophie because she was you know, part of the gang that got rid of Boss and Rob or whatever. I've got her in the pool. Yeah, I think he, she's a good threat to go super deep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would not be surprised if Sophie won this thing, because you can tell she's just she's in it to win it, and she's playing smart.
0: Also, next time you watch it, so next week when the immunity challenge comes up, just pay attention to how Jeff Probst speaks, <laughs> because he. I've noticed this season and even last season, he now says almost everything— time to take time to give back the idol all right let's get it started uh everything he says now he's got this kind of all right it's just like the adam sandler whisper yeah shubadibidi yeah exactly <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know if it's just because he's so bored doing 40 oh seasons God. of survivor But uh, yeah, Winners at War is outstanding. You can uh, let us know uh, on Twitter at CouchPotatoes68 what you think about this. And make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. So that's all the time we've got. I'm Brad, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.